You're listening to The Bookstack with Annie, Nia, and Sydney. Hi, friends. Welcome to the 24th chapter of The Bookstack. I'm Nia. I'm Annie. And I'm Sydney. This stack is likely to be a little awkward for all of us friends. We all have books that we don't claim that we've read, but we don't deny we haven't actually read them either. I suspect everyone listening to us has at least one book that they feign having read. I also fully admit to using Cliff Notes back in the day to get through assignments for books I absolutely could not read at all or stomach to reread again. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Tale of Two Cities. By the time we did the third time, I was done. Uh, some of the most popular <laughs> ones. I know, I know. Dickens. Past yeah. past chapter, you guys, if you want to hear all about that, check that one out. Uh, and are overhyped. Some of the most popular books people claim to have read aren't classics. With popular current titles like Twilight and Handmaid's Tale holding ranks with Lord of the Rings and Lolita. One of the top books people claim to have read but haven't will likely actually make an appearance in our stack today. So make sure you keep an ear out for that one. There shouldn't be any shame in what we read or don't. But, you know, with that in mind, Annie, what's in your stack today? So you said that yours was Tale of Two Cities. Mine was Huckleberry Finn or Tom Sawyer, whatever it's actually called. I never actually read it. Fair. Those are two separate books. Are they? I don't know. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Tom Sawyer and Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. They're two different books. Okay. I kept um, switching because you haven't read them. Right. I kept switching (laughs) English classes and they would assign one or the other. And I said, oh, I already read that. Oh, I read that in my last one. I didn't read either of them when I was supposed to. Sorry. So the first book that I chose is Life of Pi. And the ones that I chose come up because I sub a lot at a high school and Life of Pi was on the prompt that they were doing the other day. And I thought, oh, I've never actually read that, but I need to help. It was published in 2000. Yeah, I did. And they'll never (laughs) see me again. So it's fine. Uh, It was published in 2001. Apparently it won the Man Booker Prize in 2002. I did not know that because I was in middle school and I didn't read in middle school. Also, I don't think we care a lot about what books win awards when we're in school. No, 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 no. But as an adult, I would have, this would have been on my radar. But because I was in middle school, it just, hey, a book came out and it won some awards. Awesome. Hey, I honestly don't even know what it's about. So I took the synopsis from Goodreads. Uh, It's a fantasy adventure novel where Pi explores issues of spirituality and practicality from an early age. He survives 227 days after a shipwreck while stranded on a while stranded on a boat in the Pacific Ocean with a Bengal tiger named Richard Parker. People who ask yeah. like you can't live on a boat for that many days with an actual Bengal tiger. Yeah, so, so people he has to be like not a real tiger, right? Whenever people ask me Again, it's the high school kids. They say, they ask whether or not Richard Parker is real. And I don't know if that applies or not. <laughs> You'll have to read like the book to find out. So generally <laughs> what I do, that's what I say. My response is, good question. Where is your evidence? And then I let them talk for a while until someone else distracts him or the bell rings. Either one. Generally, well another kid comes in and says, wait, I can tell you. Or the bell rings. And we just move on. Like nothing ever happened. There you go. I like that. There you go. I've also never seen the movie. Neither have I. I. I've seen the cover. <laughs> and now I understand the... why I it's some dude sitting on a boat with a tiger. With a tiger, yeah. That okay. may or may not be real, apparently. I mean, if I were a tiger and there was food in front of me, and it was the only food around me for, you know, a long time. Yeah. I'm just going to let it sit there and wither in the sun. 
That's right? what the prompt was talking about. Something with a hyena and a chest, like an ice chest. I don't know. So I just shook and nodded until the a hyena and an I yeah. Obviously, none of us have read this book. Nope. Yeah, but I'm the only one that lies and says I have. <laughs> <laughs> well, you would just you know, tell your students list. you've read it. You just don't tell them you have you it. You just don't tell them you haven't. <laughs> I say, where did you find that in the book? And then we discuss where it was and the things above and the things behind. Yep. Yeah. It's a it's only a lie of omission. Like it's it's a white lie. That's what it is. And that's what makes me a good teacher book recommender is the fact that I can still recommend this book even though I've never read it. I could say, "Oh, you like The Alchemist? You should read this." <laughs> I hated this book and this book sounds yes. awful. So if you like this book, here's this awful book. Uh-huh. Uh-huh, I hated yeah. this one for similar reasons. Yep, you probably yep. will like this one if <laughs> you like the other like one. I also hate it. Check this one out. Yeah. Yeah. It works. That's funny. <laughs> I feel like this is going to be a lot of funny going down. I hope so. I hope so. Gosh. And I know some people are listening to this thinking, oh, I love that book. And if that's you do great. love it, that's great. I'm so glad yeah. that you love it. Let's talk about it. And you can yeah. try to convince me that I love it too. Tell us why we should read it. Yes. Contact us on social media. Yes. Give us all the reasons why we should actually, actually read it. The funny thing is I own both of the books I'm going to talk about. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I own them both. So the second one I chose is All the Light We Cannot See by Anthony Doerr, published in 2004. Again, I lie about this one a lot. Don't know what it's (laughs) about. (laughs) But whenever people ask me, oh, have you read a World War II book? Oh, you read that book. This one is beautiful. I go, yes, I have. Because I don't want to sound unread there because this is one of those books where if you read a certain genre you've read all the light we cannot see and it was super popular Uh uh-huh it's a really popular book Mm -hmm. so goodreads has this whole synopsis that i didn't even know was real (laughs) and then there's the one that i did know so here's the one i didn't realize was what the book was about it says Marie Laurie lives in Paris near the Museum of Natural History where her father works. When she is 12, the Nazis occupy Paris and the father and daughter flee to the walled citadel of St. Malo, where Marie Laurie's reclusive great uncle lives in a tall house by the sea. With them, they carry what might be the museum's most valuable and dangerous jewel. In a mining German town, Werner Fennig, An orphan grows up with his younger sister, enchanted by a crude radio they find that brings them news and stories from places they have never seen or imagined. Werner becomes an expert at building and fixing these crucial new instruments and is enlisted to use his talent to track down the resistance. Deftly interweaving the lives of Marie Laurie and Werner, Doer illuminates the ways against all odds people try to be good to one another. I did not know that was what the book was about. This is what I thought it was about. (laughs) A blind French okay. girl and a German boy whose paths collide in occupied France as both try to survive the devastation of World War II. Wait, I mean, Marie is That's blind? what I tell people it's about. Uh-huh. Notice, in the first synopsis, it says nothing about how she's blind. Right. But when I talk to people, they always bring up, you know, the book about the blind girl. And I say, oh, yeah, all the light we cannot see. Uh-huh. I know that book. You, you didn't say it? you read it. You said you knew it. Yeah, there's a difference. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then I pull it off the shelf and say, this is the one you're looking for. It's so good. Which is not necessarily wrong either, because I've done that doing reference stuff where people are like, I'm looking for this book. Yeah, a lot of people like this book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard it's very good. It's very popular. This is a very popular book. Like, 
Yeah. You just kind of. And then I take it one step farther and say, you know, I read this other book by Anthony Doerr and it was really good. So try this one. There you go. Because mm-hmm. I read Cloud Cuckoo Land and I absolutely loved that book. Okay. okay. So, Which makes me think I should really go back and actually read the books that I tell people I've read. <laughs> I mean, only if you want to. If you feel like it. I really want to. <laughs> I really, really want to read this book. I just feel like I've already read it because I've talked about it so much. That I feel like that's I already how know I the book. It. I don't. I don't feel like I need to read the books because I already feel like I. I feel like I have kind of. That's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there you go. You're good. You don't have to read it, right? Right. <laughs> if you've run out of stuff to read, you can read it. <laughs> I think I own two copies of this one. <laughs> You want to read it so badly, eventually you have two copies. I know, I know, I know. Maybe you should put one in your little neighborhood library. You should. It's already or, full know. of too many of my books. It's cold here. No one's walking down there to get books. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Nia, what okay. books do you lie about having read? <laughs> so I feel like it's kind of really similar to All the Light We Cannot See. In my head, I had to go, have I actually read these? And it's, yeah. no but I think I have like you know enough to know (laughs) but I feel like I I feel like I know so much about it that I kind of feel like I have I could fake this it's good yeah well especially this first one yeah so my first one is Treasure Island by Robert Louis Stevenson Stevenson it I mean as long as you've seen the Muppet version that's what I was thinking I've seen the Muppet version I've I've seen the Muppet version I must have have read the book I must have read the book I've seen the Muppet version I have the Muppet version is the best one so just for, for people <laughs> who don't know, everything is always the best one. When in doubt, true. watch the Muppet version. That is yes, true. the Muppets are the best. Um, so for people who don't know, this actually came out in 1881 to 1882 in serialized, serialized form. And it came out as a novel in 1883. So it's it's been out quite a while. That was a fast um, turnaround from serial to novel. Yeah. Well, I mean, if it was popular enough, you yeah. had a year to, to do that follows jim hawkins the innkeeper's son who ends up on an adventure to find treasure on a ship uh but there's a pirate hiding amongst the crew and it puts young jim in a position between choosing supposed friendship and doing the right thing there you go always go for the pirate yeah well especially when like... the pirate is tim curry yeah, yeah. So, like i said always go for yeah. the pirate muppets so tim curry there you go sold <laughs> yeah and it's this yeah i think most people know the general trope like we've talked about the Muppet movie is totally how I know this movie or this this plot and I had a copy of the book as one of those great illustrated classic ones that were super popular in the oh, 90s yeah. oh yeah they yeah, sold yeah, them yeah. at Costco I, they yeah. probably still do they are still in print you can still buy them oh. online they're oh. like eight dollars I didn't know that yeah so Inflation. I love the story who doesn't love a good pirate story and you know but the problem for me is the Muppet one will always be the superior story because it's Muppets yeah. and Tim Curry. So also reading, I have a hard time reading serialized stories I do turned too. into novels. You mean which like is why I hate Dickens? Yeah. Yes. And this is the same-ish time period, so I can't imagine yep. reading it. So it's like, it's fine. You know what? I, I, whatever they need to do to pay the bills, great. That doesn't mean I have to read it now. I will watch the Muppets. So that that's is my, true. that's my first one. Um, and I could keep gushing about the Muppets and Tim Curry, but I won't. That's another episode. Um, it's fine. It is. Um, it's probably a different podcast. Like, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's true. So my second one is The War of the Worlds by H.G. Wells. Um, also late 1800s. 
it came out in a magazine in magazine form in 1897 and then as a hardback book in 1898 so on the surface it's a story of an invasion of earth from mars and the narrator's very human responses to the trauma that that would cause apparently it's also a love story who knew i've read um, it i don't what? remember that yeah when i was reading some of the synopsis, wait annie there... have you read it or have you read it no i've legit read this book okay. it was okay. just checking 18 years ago when i thought yeah, i you know, would be it, cool in high school for having read it i don't remember the the narrator who wants to get back to his wife very similar themes to um the time machine that he also wrote yep yep so there have been spinoffs and movie adaptations all over the place i think i saw one of the more recent movies that came out in the last like 10 or 15 years pretty Probably. sure i've seen it I, I don't know how closely it follows the book because clearly I have not read it. But what got me into I should read it but still never did is I've listened to the restored audio of the infamous War of the Worlds radio broadcast oh, that cool. came out in 1938. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it is super neat to listen to. My first time listening to it, I was out camping in the middle of southern Utah. Oh, cool. Big open sky. Yeah. No light pollution. There's nothing around you. And it really, really made it awesome to listen to. That sounds but, awesome. Uh, listening to it, I also had to keep in mind of what happened. So it, it became infamous. It came out, uh, the BBC made the radio play adaptation and it's narrated by Orson Welles, who's an amazing voice, by the way. And it played out like an actual news broadcast, like the events were happening in real time. When you listen to it, they tell you at the beginning, this is not real. This is fiction. They do not tell you that again until you're half an hour into it. So if you missed that two minutes at the beginning telling you that this is a fictional serialized thing happening. And this is the thirties. They didn't have TV guide out there to listen for your radio right, or right, someone right. to call them and say, Hey, this is what's happening. Stop right. being foolish no, on Facebook. No social media posting on yeah. Twitter. Like it. Yeah. So they did such a good job. It sounded like you're listening to music and you're listening to a radio play. And, Oh, we interrupt this to say something is floating over this town in New Jersey it sounds like the actual news and it sounds like this is actually happening. And so people panicked when they were listening to it because they thought it was real. And then yeah. half an hour in, they go, oh, we're, you know, this is the, you know, whatever the break was to tell you, oh, this is fictionalized. This isn't real. And it was really awkward. And Orson Welles is going, oh no, like what, like he did, they did what such did a good job. <laughs> they went too far. So just imagine you turn on this radio show and it sounds just like a typical night listening to different bands and whatever you're listening to. And then having, we interrupt this regular broadcast for something has been found over New Jersey. Oh no, it looks like it's this. Oh no, we've lost all contact. And then it acts like you're listening to a ham radio person going, is anybody there? Can anybody hear me? Oh like my that's, gosh. Yeah. So but that would be so awesome to listen to knowing that it's fake exactly so yeah. how did I mean, you find the restored version where did you find that i have a cd of it somewhere oh cool you, I, i'd be surprised if it isn't uploaded somewhere on youtube yeah. by now though okay. so um yeah back in the day let me date this i actually listened to it on a a second gen ipod <laughs> <laughs> the big brick ones that i it was probably on a second rebuild at that point because i had to take mine apart and rebuild it two or three times i have but, one uh, of those hiding in my closet that we were going to give to my 13 year old Mm -hmm. And then I realized I should not have held on to this. <laughs> I should throw it away. Just, just get a new one. Yeah. Get a new one. Or it'll probably be cheaper. It'll probably work better. Don't get a new I've... one. Just let her stream on her phone. Yep. 
yeah, back before the phone stuff worked. So mm-hmm. date myself just a little bit. Okay. Um, so the broadcast was really good. It was fantastic to listen to. I've listened to it a few times. It's been a few years, but and it made me be like, I should read the story. Have I done it? No, I have not. But it definitely feels like a book I would read because we all know how much I love sci-fi and classic yeah. sci-fi. But yeah, I'm surprised. Yeah. Yep. So that is one I have not read. Haven't read The Time Machine either, but um, well, that was on my list. I mean, you kind of read it because you listened to it on audio. I, I, yeah, I listened to the audio. So, so, and it was adapted because the original story was based on uh, the town he lived in in England where he used to go on walks. And it came up, uh, came to him on one of his morning walks with one of his buddies, like, oh, what if this happened? Yeah. And then the radio adaptation was New Jersey versus okay. England. Mm-hmm. So, but those, I guess I'll accept that. Yeah. So <laughs> those are, those are my two. Uh, Sydney, what about you? So, one of the things, and I know that you guys know this feeling, but one of the things about having a degree in English is that everyone expects for you to not only be super well-read, uh-huh, which mm-hmm. I like to think that we are for the most part, right? but they expect that you've read very specific classic literature. Nope. Every, we read what Everyone we has want. read Ulysses and everyone yep. has read the Odyssey yeah. and the Anyone Ian. who's anyone has read blah, blah, blah. How have you yeah. never read Julius Caesar? Because. How do you have a degree if you didn't read blah, blah, blah? Yeah. 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 I, yeah. It's obnoxious. So, it is. It is. It really is. Both of the books that I picked are books that I have, for the sake of my sanity and for the sake of stopping a conversation i really don't want to have with people i really don't want to have conversations with (laughs) books are so good for that (laughs) books are so good for that (laughs) they are well as soon as someone says something and they're like testing you to decide whether or not you're smart enough to have conversations with or whatever like you're not worth whatever's going on yeah i'm not posturing with you my dude please move along yes i don't have anything to prove to you but in order to yeah. stop those conversations from happening so that you don't have to have that uh, awkward moment. Um, the first book that I don't claim to have read, but I don't refute having not read, is 1984 by George Orwell. It came out in 1949. Mm-hmm. It's referenced so often that especially feel... lately. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I feel like I've already read it and... I don't like reading something if I know what's going to happen. It takes me more than a decade before I'll reread a book because I have to forget enough of what's happened to be able to enjoy it again. Fair. So yeah. why would I read a book when I already feel like I've done it? And this one, like it, and we all know I'm a sucker for a happy ending. That one does not have this a happy one doesn't ending. Have no, one. it does not. No. Because George Orwell. Yep. And this is one I, same thing. Oh yeah, I've, I've actually started it. Yeah. But I I just uh, uh, I I've read half of to... it, yeah, because I didn't read the book inside of the book. Oh, okay, yeah, that's where I, I just skipped over it. So I've read half of it. I will one hundred percent see that I have read half of the book. I but I've read the beginning and the end. I taught Animal Farm. Oh, I thought you were going to say you taught this, and I thought that's a that whole other a, level. That's that a that would be yeah. an impressive <laughs> level of lie. It, it would. No. But I already knew that I didn't like George Orwell's writing because I not only had to read, but had to teach. So I was reading repeated, you know, readings of Animal Farm. In Animal, I've read Animal Farm. 
And it was, I got through it because it's short. Right. Yeah. I can't imagine that one being. And I read it once and that was Uh more than enough. Oh, once was more than enough for me too. I didn't love that I read it repeatedly. (laughs) And had to teach it repeatedly. And And had to teach it. it. But my goal in teaching it was always to make sure that kids didn't know whether or not I liked a book so that they would make their own opinions of it. And I had kids that loved it. And I'm like, which is good for you. If you like this, go read 1984. There you go. Ta-da! <laughs> Just the whole, you know, propagandist Big Brother is watching you know, news yeah. speak to limit free thought. Right. You know, indoctrination through propaganda. Just all of it. I feel like I've been there and done that. I haven't, but I feel like I have, so That's enough. On. Yeah. yeah. Just the feeling is enough. Yeah. The second book is mostly just because I've had people talk about it so much that I feel like I know the story. And so I never felt the need to read it. It came up in our second chapter. I think it was Annie's, one of Annie's books. Mm-hmm. Probably. Fahrenheit 451 by Ray Bradbury. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. the band book. I talked one. about it, yeah. yeah. Oh, it was banned books that, right. It I love the this books book. chapter. Yeah. I think it's fantastic. I love Ray Bradbury. His stories, like the illustrated man, I really enjoyed those. The only reason I haven't read Fahrenheit 451, which came out in 1953, so this book is as old as my father, which means that he's wow classic and vintage, yeah, <laughs> and aged to perfection. You should tell him that. <laughs> I don't know that. He, I don't know that he'll care. <laughs> but it's not that I have anything against this book. The book sounds great. I just have heard so much about it that I feel like I already know. You have a fireman that goes in and burns books instead of putting out fires. And then someone convinces him that that's not the right way. And then he changes his ways and then stuff happens. Like, yeah, yeah, I I kind of already feel like we have this oppressive regime and here's this free thinking. And it kind of goes back to 1984 and everything is talked about a lot. Yeah. Yeah. What it did for me finally reading it, though, was it put those quotes into context. Yeah. The quotes that we see all the time about all the things you talked about, it finally put them into context, which I appreciated. Yeah. And I'm sure that I'm sure the book is great. I like Ray Bradbury. I just have never felt the need to read it because I understood the premise. And again, this goes back to my last comment of I can't read it if I already know what's going to happen because I get bored. This is coming from someone that has to be reading three to four books at a time anyway to avoid getting bored. So I just, I don't know. I just can't. Maybe one day that'll change. Well, if you read it like I did, going in completely blind, other than, you know, the things we know, um, you might be waiting for the romance to happen that never happens. An appropriate <laughs> romance that I thought was going to happen that didn't. That you added thought... a whole new spin. It was exciting. You kept waiting. Oh, so, so you it were did. frustrated. The book was very frustrating and, and unfulfilled. Well, no, I, I was reading the whole book thinking... <laughs> How is this appropriate for children? Like, clearly something's going to happen. And I completely forgot the time period in which it was written. And nothing happens. Like, absolutely nothing. Because it's not that kind of book. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, those are my two books. Okay. Well, uh, now it's time for our triviality segment. I have a couple of trivia questions for you both. And we'll see how we do. Winner gets bragging rights and the satisfaction of knowing random trivia. Uh, just to refresh everybody, Sydney is at 22 points and Annie is at 14. You are too. 
I am too, but I'm not participating mm. this round. So. I know, but you still get to throw yourself under the bus. Just like <laughs> this me. is true. I know. No, we're both 14. Yes, but of the three of us, you're the only one that has a chance to move up today versus oh, you and me. So I will be at 14 when we are done with this. That is my prediction. Okay. <laughs> that is how math works. If you yep. can't go up or down, you stay the same. Yep. So I will stay the same. So that's why I didn't throw mine out there. No, no, we are, we are on the same playing field right now. So, uh, all right. So are we okay just to remind people are we ready we've got let's get trivial you'll get two points if you call out the answer without needing options but if i list the multiple choice then you at least get one okay so all right here we go in 2014 jordan ellenberg created a mock mathematical formula that measures the average of how far people will read through a book before giving up what was it called the formula mm-hmm and it was named after a famous mathematician. I will throw that in there too. Because if you have no context, then it could be anything. That doesn't help me at all. Yeah. Okay. I'm not a math I would. Person. I would love some uh, letters. Some options. Okay. I want to so, go with Fibonacci, but I'm, it's probably not it. No. I don't even know if that's math. I think it is. <laughs> I don't <Okay>. even know. <laughs> so we've got... Yeah, I love you. <laughs> Thanks. I love you too. All right. Uh, a, was it the Biblio Index? B, the Hawking Index, C, the Lovelace Index, or D, the Nope Index? B. B, because that's the only math one. No, Ada Lovelace was a mathematician too. Oh, okay. She is credited for taking the basics of what the original computers were and creating the coding to get us to where we are today. Okay, I was confused with Lovecraft. Yeah. Yeah, no, Lovelace and Lovecraft are not. The I was same. thinking Lovecraft. I was like, that's a reading thing because Nia keeps bringing it up. So just to give yeah, myself I like, some credit, I like your, I like your nope index though. That oh, was thank you. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's like, what else am I going to put here? So okay, Sydney, you got one. Okay, I showed right. up. <laughs> it yeah, was kind of did. a random question, so <laughs> I feel like all of these are going to be random. Well, and what's fun with this one is uh, he used the highlights option for Kindle to see where people would stop doing highlighting in books to make this happen. Oh, that's cool. Um, and then Kindle was like, no, this is no longer public information. You can only see it oh. if you buy the book. And so it no longer works. Oh, yeah. Well, I was like, well, this would be great. I can pull all sorts of data. And oh, thanks, Amazon. You ruined it. <laughs> Darn. Yep. OK, so question two. This is going to be just more general literacy stuff because finding topics and questions for this was really, really hard. So I went with just general literacy for the last two. Okay. 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 So besides knowledge, language skills, and vocabulary, what other type of intelligence does reading increase? EQ. Spatial. CQ. Emotional. So. All I could think of was spatial. uh, My multiple choices for this was literal, imaginative, historical, and emotional. So if you had given me the multiple choice, I would have gotten it. Yeah, yeah. you would have. All right, job, Sydney. Sydney. All right. And Ariane. our last question. I'm really good of... at showing up. You it, are great hey, at showing this up. This is this is why you and I are tied right now. <laughs> Sydney <laughs> is just really good at this. <laughs> no, I'm really fast. Like... That's the difference. I'm really fast uh, at this. I feel gotcha. like that's something that an instructional coach would know. This is true. Because I thought about it going into it, I thought, okay. Is this going to be talking literacy? Is this going to be something that a teacher knows or an instructional coach knows? See, to me, I approach it from just the librarian reference side. Right. I'm like, okay, emotional. That's something we talk about with all literacy in general. So it is. It is. Yeah. 
of course, I'm also writing the questions. So to me, I was like, of course, that makes perfect sense. I don't know if that would have worked if it was the other way around. All right. So question three, out of 194 nations that have been ranked, where is the U.S. ranked in terms of literacy rates? Out of 190, how many? Out of 194. Okay. So 194 is low. One is high. So yeah. Yeah. So there's yeah, one to 94, 194. I want to say we're like eighth. I was going to say we're like 23rd. Oh, no. Lower? Oh, crap. Higher? Or higher. Are we first? Oh, are we two? No, like we're, yeah, lower. So oh. bigger number. Oh. Okay, okay. Um, oh. 30. <laughs> we... uh, 56. 73. 100th. 102? Oh, are we getting closer? We're probably getting closer. Just... Oh, 112th. 117. Yes, no. we want get we want options. <laughs> Give us options. Okay. You're options. Of watching a my, squirrel. My face looks like I'm surprised. But well, I'm every really time I go to offer, you guys throw out more numbers. So I'm really not surprised at all. No, it, it's really sad. Okay, it is so sad. it is. Uh, your options are 42 because it's me. Which I always throw 42 in there. Yep, as you should. Yeah. Uh, 97. The answer, but no. Also wrong. 125 or 180. 180. 180. No, well, no, because it's out of 149, so it's 125. What's no, it's 194. So it's oh, 194. 124. Yeah. Right, 125? Yeah, it's 125. You know, here's why that makes me angry. Because we are a country of free public education. Yeah. yeah. That's why well, it makes me mad. I mean, for other reasons, but that's There are a like, lot of countries that have free public education, but... There are... Our, our public education is yeah. pretty woefully underfunded, undersupported, yes. and yes. undermined. Underappreciated. Under, underappreciated but every child over the age of six is expected to go yep yes but i found this out recently um whatever i don't want to talk politics what did you find I, out recently so i <laughs> was talking with one of our admin because we had a kid who wanted to go to school remember i'm in a high school setting mm -hmm. we have a kid who wanted to go to school and didn't have a way to get himself to school unless mm -hmm. his parents took him but his parents made him stay home to babysit his younger siblings so that they yes. could go to work. Yes. And that because he's over problem. because he's over the age of 13, mm -hmm. you can't report it to DCFS because it is a, it at at the age of 13 a child has been deemed old enough to decide whether or not they choose to go to school. What? That's that is, exactly how I feel. Whenever oh we have to send emails home, it's Remember that some kids have to take care of their siblings. No, they're children. I know. I they're know. children. I know. Yes. Oh, boy. And back in the day, it was, remember, they need to go home and take care of their farm. But at least then they're doing something. Not that taking care of your siblings isn't doing something. No, well, but it's, it's you know, not but their we job. We have to feed ourselves. But right. yes, I have a 13-year-old and an 11-year-old. I know what they're doing when they're watching their siblings. They're watching TV. They're playing video games. They're rotting their brains. It's okay. They're not outside farming. It's not survival at that point. I, no, it's, I, wow. I have very little patience for people who have children, but have no way to take care of them and then make it other people's problems. Well, they're and not making those, it other people. When those, when those case, other people, when the, when the other, when those other people are children. Right. And it's to the detriment of that child's education for the sake yes. of another kid. Like I, okay. I just want to like swoop in and rescue. Yeah, me too. So I don't a hundred percent disagree with that with the whole having kids and then making it someone else's problem i something i've seen a lot of and i think we see it a lot more now is you have 
you need the extra income. You're not getting paid enough. And so you have kids because maybe you weren't able to access things to learn how to not have that happen. Yeah. It's I'm trying not to venture into a very, very hot button topic, very hot button topic when I have very strong opinions about it. When I end up talking to kids, they tell me too, that they have to work moms on disability dad's wanted in the county so can't be here that this is an actual thing i've talked to somebody about and so they need to work they can't do their homework because they need to work and i've helped people apply for assistance from state and city resources and helped you know make sure you know everything is signed in so they can apply for jobs so their teenager can apply for jobs because it's the only way they're going to be able to keep a roof over their head and have food in their pantry and you or get have, benefits yeah and it's because they're not legal citizens you see the parents going i want my kid to succeed but they can't succeed if we don't have a home mm-hmm. yeah so it's, it's a very it's complex a mess. situation and i'm it not is. saying that there is an easy fix i'm yeah. just saying that when i see kids not getting what they de- what they need and what they deserve it makes me angry mm-hmm. as so it should I'm, I'm not as it absolutely should any of our listeners I just, my heart breaks because yeah. I want them to get the education they want, especially when yeah. they want to be at school, mm-hmm. which I, you know, I remember being a teen. That wasn't always where I wanted to be. <laughs> yeah. See, I think it wasn't, so, where, it wasn't always where I wanted to be either, but I think deep down, I know, wanted to be, to be there. there. Yeah. I think I didn't want to be there because I went through some stuff. I wanted well, to be somewhere else, but deep down, I think I understood that. I wanted to be somewhere safe. Yeah. I wanted to be somewhere where there was at least one adult looking out for me. I wanted to be somewhere where I could focus on me and me alone. Yeah. Which is. And schools are generally a place where these teenagers or five-year-olds can really just focus on themselves. Not their siblings, not their job, not. Their car. I, don't, I don't have to take care of everybody else i can take right. care of me yeah. yeah i'm here to learn for me to eat for me to do things for me yeah and the kids that are being recruited by gangs school is the safe space yes it's the one place it where is. they can get away and they can just focus yep. on school mm-hmm. instead of whether or not it's gonna be detrimental to join a gang versus this other gang versus trying to stay out of it entirely that's true that's true happy note Yay. Yeah. So literacy. Note, <laughs> I, I figured I figured literacy would be a good one for the three of us based on where we are, but I, you know, wasn't should have anticipated where it could have gone. Yeah. I stayed away but from the, the, the teens that Sydney read for pleasure. <laughs> well, yes. I yeah. A little All bit. Right, I brought my I brought my soapbox with me today. Did I not forget to tell you that I brought my soapbox <laughs> with me today? I and brought I thought, mine too. I, I avoided the uh, how many or the percentage of teens that don't read for oh, pleasure. I left that out because I'm like, no, no, we can't go no. there. No, 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 no. no we know our triggers. Yep. <laughs> Apparently, I still missed, but here we are. Well, so. our, yeah, our triggers are are our population, and our population are the ones that need to learn to read and and use that. That's our population. All three of us. Yep. Well, and I think that's because of our EQ. We we genuinely care it's true. about the kids that are that surround us. That well, we got and, from reading. reading and whether they're ours or they're in our classrooms or they're in our schools 
whether we're subbing for a day or yeah or the libraries yeah or communities like there are kids and we we just want to see them succeed yeah it's true and we know that that has to happen through literacy from you heard it from the mouth of people recording in closets we just want you to succeed that's it we just want you to be happy and succeed we do well on that note uh, we are currently for our trivial segments here on speaking of succeeding sydney is at 23 annie is at 15 and as we said before i am staying at 14 we'll see how i do next time so sydney you win again well done thanks sorry annie it's okay it's all just for fun it is there's no good conversation there's no title belts yes no this is true so uh what are we reading now or picking up next annie i am finally reading a discovery of witches by deborah harkness okay i have wanted to read this for so long and i keep seeing it have you watched the the show no there's a show okay Uh, yes there's five pages and it has three seasons okay Uh, i have the book and i keep getting stuck on how slow of a build it has it does i'm on page five and it is a very slow build but i just finished a book that was another slow build so i'm okay with it so you're feeling fine about it yeah yeah okay it is a slow build yeah the but tv I, show again, is good i'm enjoying it what i've seen the first couple episodes one? it's called mm. the discovery of witches oh. i think it's hbo oh never no it's sundance no sundance okay yep okay i probably uh, i think it's it. also probably available on, DVD, on amc though. oh so it's yeah. older no oh no it's not oh, no i think well, amc picked it up with uh, we'll see if i even want to read the second book because i just found out it's a series <laughs> yeah it's, it's a trilogy a trilogy yeah it's a trilogy yeah. and they're all big books they're very pretty yeah. the first they're book gorgeous is books like 500 pages i don't know they're very you big can, pretty books can take me once while. you get into it i think you're gonna like it yeah but the print fills up the entire page yeah it does because so it's a book I know, but spatially, I'm used to margins. Oh, okay. They don't and want you writing one, in these margins. They don't. This one <laughs> barely has margins, and I think that makes it even longer. Yeah. It tricks my brain a little bit. Yeah. They're just, they're saving paper. It sure. could have been 550 pages. They saved you. And then I'm rereading Dial A for Aunties by Jesse Q. Sintanto because I gave up on my book club book. Uh, and That's I needed okay. a new audiobook, and this was still in my <laughs> library. So I read. There you go. It. There you go. Ta-da. <laughs> yep. Okay. That's where I am. All right, Nia, what are you reading? Uh, so I am, I guess like, you could call it reading. Uh, I'm looking through and playing with a book called Roll a Prompt Writing Jumpstarts, their conflict edition. Oh, can uh, you it's, mail okay. that to me when you're done with it? Uh, it's an ebook. Oh, dang it. Yeah. Because I want um, it oh they're fun i've used (laughs) so it's by melissa banachek and or banazek i think it's banazek and lisa mahoney and i have their multi-genre one and i've actually used that to get started on some really fun stories so i'm excited to kind of play around with this one and see yeah it is an arc so i need to actually leave a review for it too nice (laughs) but i'm excited to play with it so i'm 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 reading that one because you got to read it to actually do stuff uh, and what? then I'm also, <laughs> as an actual, like, lis- well, it'll probably be a listening to versus an actual read, uh, Mary Jane by Jessica Anya Blau. And that's part of the Battle of the Books books I should have had read by now. But here we are. So that's also on my list. Eh. Okay. So, Sydney, what about you? 
So I am continuing to read. I had just picked up last chapter. I had just picked up the book Papyrus about the invention of writing in the ancient world. And the prologue is so incredibly well written that I am so excited to keep reading this book. Nice. It, the author writes such incredible sentences, paragraphs that every time I'm like, oh, that was such a good line. I should send it to you too. And then I'm like, oh, but that's another good line. I'll just send this. I'll just send a picture of this page. No, I'm just gonna keep going. <laughs> like it's too much. <laughs> it's uh, it's by a woman who I think wrote it in Spanish because it's translated, and I didn't realize that when I got it. Oh. But it is incredibly well written, and I am super excited to keep going on that. I also have picked up the book As You Wish. It's the memoir of the filming of Princess Bride. Oh, I've seen that one. It looked, it, I've heard that one's really good. That's it's not what I wanted it to be, by but the I'll actor. accept it. <laughs> it's narrated by the actor. And then he also has some additional people that narrate, like Rob Reiner, who is the director. And oh, cool. there's some sections that are narrated by um, Billy Crystal. Oh, awesome. And, and, and different different people as they're telling parts of the story of things that happened during the filming of of the movie. When did this book come out? very recently okay yeah, it's so it's new. their retrospective look yeah i think okay, i think cool. it had just come out right before it was it was a brand new book when fanex came in september mm. last year mm -hmm. so new and but Wesley before was september there, 22 yes right? he came. okay okay he, and his panel was amazing i and can I never pronounce on, his name so i think Wesley i is. think that his uh fanex panel is on youtube for those, those who want to watch it by adding a pronunciation name in the contact app so, happens at I the think gym that, too nice <laughs> i think that if anyone wants to see carrie elwa's interview and his panel from fanex i think it's on youtube so right on anyway. i will have to look for that cool but i'm super excited i got that as an audiobook and oh so you actually get to hear them i get to them. listen to him tell the stories i'm very excited nice. cool. which i mean i think the print would be nice but i feel like that one would be better yeah. audio yeah I bet so, they're much more animated when they're, when they're reading it. Telling the story. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So well, anyway, to put that one on my list. Yeah. That's what I'm up to. Yay. Well, friends, thanks for listening to this chapter of the book stack. As we sign off, we'd like to leave you with some food for thought. And we'll see you next time when we discuss some of our favorite books for Women's History Month. Remember, you can connect with us on Twitter at Bookstack Trio and follow us at Bookstack Trio on Instagram and Facebook to see a full listing of the books mentioned in our stack. If you read a book from our stack, let us know what you thought on social media. You can also find us on our website at bookstacktrio.com. Lies require commitment. Veronica Roth, Divergent.